Welcome back, everybody, to another live in-person edition of Youth Class. And today we're going to be talking about what I like to call perspective. Can I hear somebody say perspective? Perspective. Perspective. That's what we're talking about today. And our theme scripture this morning is going to be coming from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, the little graphic that I have here up on the screen says Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. But we're also going to read verse 1 because it makes better sense that way. And so Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, if you want to highlight it, make a little verse image, put it on your Instagram, encourage the proper use of social media, as we were talking about earlier. But it says this in the English Standard Version, Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Vince, it was a home game this week, right? And so when you walk out on that field and you hear the band playing and the cheerleaders, it's just that hype, right? You come out from, do y'all have a tunnel? Oh, yeah, a tunnel. A lot of little teams have a run-through sign. We had a run-through sign when I was a kid. And there's just something about like coming out in front of the witnesses. Like you play different than you practice. I know coaches tell you all the time, you got to play like you practice. Like, yeah, fat chance. There's people in the stands. You got adrenaline going. You just feel like you're floating on air. And y'all know what I'm talking about whenever the volleyball team comes out and all the girls just hit that one note. You know what I'm talking about? And they're like, yeah. And then they're clapping and screaming. So imagine that, because what Pastor's been talking about over the last few weeks is the people of faith, like this hall of faith, Abraham and David and Abel and Noah and all these people, right? So imagine they're sitting in the stands in the stadium and we come out and it's game time and they're out there. They're the ones cheering for us. And that's the image that we get in Hebrews chapter 12. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto jesus the the founder and perfecter of our faith one version says the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god so that's what we're going to be focusing on today That part of the scripture that says, looking unto Jesus, looking to Jesus. So last week we talked about having peace in the midst of storm. And I believe that this message also continues in that theme. So I've got a couple illustrations here. And the first one has to do with this ball. Does everyone see this ball? There's nothing magical or strange about this ball. It's three-dimensional. It's a sphere. It has uh, art on it. Looks like the globe, except don't let anyone ever lie to you. The earth is fatter in the middle than it is on top. So it's not a perfect sphere. It's a globe. So I need a volunteer. Does anybody want to volunteer to be a part of this demonstration? Okay. So Maddie beat you by this much. (laughs) Maddie, I want you to catch this ball. Are you ready? Here we go. There's no tricks. It's just a normal ball, a little squishy stress ball. Three, two, one, catch. All right, very good, very good. Let's give her a hand, let's give her a hand. Very good, man. Excellent job, okay? So as you can see, nothing wrong with the ball, right? It's a normal sphere, a little globe, a little squishy. It will be my little squishy and I will call it squishy. So go ahead and toss it back. Now here's the next challenge. I want you to catch it with one hand, okay? Shouldn't be too hard, just catch it with one hand, okay? So here we go, three, two, one, catch. 
Okay, all right, let's give her another hand. Very good, very good. All right, so Maddie, you caught the ball with two hands. Caught the ball with one hand, let me have it back. Very good. And your final challenge. Now I want you to catch this ball with one eye. Oh, she's gonna catch the ball with one eye. You can use both your hands, but you can only use one eye. So you keep one eye closed, you ready? Three, two, one, catch. All right, all right, let's give her a hand, let's give her a hand. That was a little more difficult, wasn't it? Now, I'm gonna ask you to use one eye and one hand. So which eye are you gonna use? <laughs> okay, Maddie just closed, for those of you listening to the audio, Maddie just closed one eye and then tried the other one just to try it out. So pick one eye. And you, that's your dominant hand, you're right-handed? Okay, all right, so here we go. You're gonna catch it with one eye and one hand. You ready? Three, two, one, catch. All right, all right, very good, very good. Yeah, so she's, she's four for four. But let me ask you, Maddie, was it more difficult with only one eye? Yeah, do you know why that is? Okay, so I didn't expect anyone to know like the scientific term, but I went ahead and looked it up. And we, as humans, have two eyes, right? Most animals have two eyes, but they're not all in the same place. Some animals have their two eyes on the top of their head, some animals have two eyes on the sides of their head, and that makes a difference, okay? So we have what is called stereoscopic vision because we are binocular, meaning two eyes, right? Like your optic nerve and everything. So two eyes, stereoscopic vision, describes the ability of the visual brain to register a sense of a three-dimensional shape and form from visual inputs. In current usage, stereoscopic vision refers uniquely to the sense of depth derived from the two eyes. For example, when I hold this ball up, I told you guys it was a globe, but think about this. When you see this ball, all you see is a circle, right? But we understand that it's a globe because you can tell as I move it, it changes. If I were to hold up a piece of paper and tell you it was a globe, would you believe me? No, but if I never moved, let's say it was just me like a, a shadow box or a silhouette, and I said, I'm holding a globe, I'm holding a globe. There's no way you know until you move it. You gotta have a different perspective to see the whole picture, right? You kind of see where I'm going with this? Kind of see where I'm going? And it's a lot harder to catch with one hand because depth perception. Now, thankfully for Maddie, I've got a textured ball on a blank wall. That's actually really easy to catch. But if there was a camouflage wall and I was throwing a camouflage ball and you only had one eye, that would be pretty hard to gauge the depth because we need both eyes to have a proper perspective. Right? Any of you growing up maybe had like a lazy eye or something like that? Like one eye had to work a little harder than the other? Okay, so maybe you have a different prescription for both eyes. I think mine's a little, a little off. Something about an astigmatism or something. I don't know. The eye doctor like flips mirrors and then I pay her money and I get glasses every year. So. so here's what I want you to remember. And if you want to write this down, if you want to like put it in your little memos or your notes, without proper perspective our vision is compromised without proper perspective our vision is compromised now if maddie only had one eye she could still do a lot of things that we all do right but it would be really hard for her to play volleyball right with one eye 
That's hard. I played basketball in high school with a guy who only, he was blind in one eye, and he was pretty good as far as shooting, because he would shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. But whenever it came to like running plays and passing the ball, sometimes he had problems with the depth perception, like when he was gonna catch the ball. Because he only had one eye. And without proper perspective, our vision is compromised. That's what we're gonna build on today. That's what we're gonna talk about. So I'm gonna move into illustration numero two. And I have this glass. It's transparent, little uh, old school mason jar. You guys can see through it. And I'm gonna use this bottle of purified water here. 16.9 fluid ounces, also known as 500 milliliters. And then I'm just gonna, just gonna pour a little bit in here about halfway in there okay so next up i have a number two pencil now for those of you in art class you know that the number two actually means something because you've got hb you've got double h you got double b and changes like the shape and the darkness and the hardness and all that stuff so there's nothing wrong with this pencil right it is one pencil it is straight it is sharpened it's got a nice it's got one of the good erasers you guys know what i'm talking about so what I'm gonna do here, is I'm gonna put this pencil in the water. Okay, I want you to watch closely, here I go, into the water. Now what has happened to the pencil? It looks a little different, doesn't it? It doesn't look anymore like the straight little pencil that we had. It looks different. Something's off here. Does anyone know what this is called? It starts with an R. You're very close. Reflection is when light bounces right back to us. Refraction is when light is changed. Now, all of you guys know what refraction is because anybody who wears glasses and you talk to them, you'll notice that through the glasses, their face looks a little off. You know what I'm talking about? Like if I were to kind of lean this way, then my cheek is refracted. And when you see it, it looks different, right? Like when you see someone's eyes without their glasses, you're like, hey, you look different without your glasses. Well, because of refraction, right? Their eyes look different through their glasses. So I looked this up as well. When light travels from air into water, it slows down, causing it to change direction slightly. And if you ever see someone through their glasses, they look like their face is a little bit off. That is because of refraction. Any fisher people out there, fishermen, fisherwomen, you gone fishing? Yeah, so, and you caught a really big one, didn't you? Was it 26 inches long? Big fish, right? Last time Maddie went fishing, she went all out. Vince, you got one too, right? 26 and a half inches. All right, so when you see the fish, where's the fish? It's in the water, right? And so you look at the fish and you say, the fish is right there. But is the fish where you're pointing at? No, because refraction. If I were to look from the top, I would say, well, the pencil is right there. But the pencil's not right there. The pencil's actually like right here. It's been refracted. And so when we look into the water and we think, well, something's right, like anybody ever been to like a hospital where they have an aquarium and you walk around the corner and the fish was like here, but then you look around the corner and now the fish is all of a sudden over here. And then you look back on the sun, and it's like, no, the fish is over here. And it's so hard to tell where the fish is because it's got the corners and you're like, where's this fish? And the fish is not where you think it is. It's really hard because sometimes, and this is where we kind of bring in the Bible and the scripture and we talk about life. 
Sometimes we are not where we think we are. You see, Pastor Rosie has done a really good job teaching us this metaphor of spiritual eyes, not just our physical eyes. And we know that our physical eyes are limited. Like Rainer reminded us, sometimes we have different prescriptions. Sometimes our glasses fog up whenever we have a mask on. And so we're like, yeah, Vincent, is that you? Who's that? Oh, yeah. So we judge things based on our physical eyes. Any of you guys driving yet? You get in there? Okay, so one of my greatest just difficulties when I drive, okay? You're trying to pull out of a parking lot, and you don't know how fast that car's coming. And you're like, should I pull out? Do I have room to pull out? And then if someone's behind you and they're honking, and you're like, man, do I, do I pull out and, and get hit by them? Do I wait for them to go? And it's just kind of that indecision where you're like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I feel like, when it comes to life, a lot of us are sitting in that parking lot and we have a decision in front of us and we're like, I can't tell how close or how far away I am and my depth perception needs a little work and it's like, am I where I need to be? And if we have the wrong perspective here and we let kind of light be refracted around and we're not looking the way we need to be looking or we're not using all of our decision-making skills, it's almost like we're using one eye. So many of you guys do this. If you cover up one eye and hold your thumb right in front of your nose about four inches from your face, okay? Now, uncover your eye. Did your thumb just move? It looks like it moved, right? Now close one eye, close the other eye, close one eye, close the other eye, close one eye, close the other eye. It looks like your thumb is moving, doesn't it? Your thumb hasn't moved. Your thumb is still where it is, but your perspective has changed. Isn't that weird? That's that stereoscopic binocular vision that we have. So you may have an idea of where something is, but when you get a new perspective, it really shows you where something is. And that's what we're talking about today. So our spiritual eyes help us even more than just our physical eyes. And the Bible is very clear when it tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. Because all we see with our physical eyes is the physical world. But we understand, we know, because we, you know, we're not children's church, we understand that there is a supernatural world. We understand that there's an unseen world with ultraviolet radiation and radio waves. Like, we understand that. Science can tell us all that. But even over and above that, we understand that there's supernatural things. Like, we understand how the spirit of fear feels when it's trying to creep into our minds and that anxiety that's tickling us in the back of our brain. Like, oh my gosh, this is it. It's all, this is just the domino that's going to start the end of your world. We know how that feels. And we know how anger feels. Like, God told Cain whenever he was upset, he goes, hey, sin is crouching at your door waiting to have you. Any of you guys ever open your door and your dog is right there waiting? Like, oh my gosh, you have been gone for five whole seconds and I thought you would never come back and I am so happy to see you. <laughs> right? I have my, my younger puppy. Every time I get home, he walks up to the car and then as soon as I open the door, he climbs up in the car and he sticks his face right in my face and he sniffs me like, where have you been? Do you know how long I have been waiting for you? I am going to sniff you. And then he sniffs me. And then he starts to like talk to me. And first he whines, and then he groans, and then he does this thing where he like stretches, he sticks his butt in the air, puts his front legs out, and he does this whole Chewbacca thing. He goes, 
and then he gets up and then he does the little yawn where like they can't hear themselves or you can't hear them but i think they can hear and they're like like he's so tired he's been doing so much and so then my other dog comes over and he starts pushing him out of the way he's like my turn my turn and so he wants to sniff and see if i brought him any food and i'm like no kisses no kisses okay that's gross because they're they're outside dogs and it's really gross and so the dogs are so excited and they're waiting at the door because they want my time they want my energy and it's interesting to see that that's the image god uses with these bad things like when we are where we're supposed to be we're good but as soon as we step outside of that sin is there waiting like oh oh it's my turn i get to play with you now that's a really vivid image when we see what god is trying to tell us and that's what we're talking about today we're so used to seeing things with our physical eyes I'm so used. Anybody ever done this? You lay down and you forget you have your glasses on and you roll over and they're like, ah, my nose. Yeah. Or you wake up one day and you're like, what is wrong? What is happening? Oh, oh, my glasses are just a little off. Yeah. Or my contact wearers, where y'all at out there? Don't you just hate that weird in between when you put one in and you're like looking for the other one and you're like, oh, my depth perception is crazy. The worst thing for me was when I played football and I wore contacts and I was like, I'd get hit every play because I was a lineman, right? I wasn't like a little receiver, like, I'm going to run away. <laughs> I was, a, I mean, we like headbutted in there. You know what I'm talking about. And we would hit so hard, my contacts would shift, usually the left one, right? And so I would like blink, blink, blink. And I'm like, what's going on here? Because one eye was in focus and one eye was like, where's my contact? Where's my contact? And then they would like find it. Yeah, well, because it's because your eyes are moving so fast. So you got to keep them lubricated. You got to put your drops in there. So we know how hard it is when one eye is trying to make up for the one that's out of focus, out of alignment, having a wrong perspective. So when the Bible tells us that we need to walk by faith and not by sight, it's saying, look, what you see, that's good. It's good that you can see, right? Jesus says, blessed are your eyes for they see in your ears for they hear but we can't just go by what we see because that is the equivalent of just using one eye the bible says we're a three-part being spirit soul and body so our spirit soul we have these spiritual eyes like pastor rosie taught us about you know we understand how the spirit of god moves we go to a church where we allow the holy spirit to move we've seen god minister to people and heal people and all these miracles but then we go to work we go to school and we just kind of close that eye <laughs> like well i'm gonna go to school and my day is going to depend on whether or not i get the coffee i want or if i get to eat breakfast or if there's traffic on the way to school or if my outfit is on fleek or if i'm having a good hair day we just want to go by what we see for example i didn't put anything in my hair today and the humidity because the storm blowing in is like just pff, it's messing with me guys so if we only go by our physical, then it's almost like we're only using one eye. And in the Bible, Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God talking to a prophet, right? And the prophet's like, God, I don't see how you're going to do this. And he says, well, yeah, I get that. Because my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declared the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth... So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I want you guys to look back at this pencil. From the water, it looks like the pencil is way over here. 
Looks like the pencil is fatter. It almost looks like the pencil is curved. You guys see that? Because the mason jar is curved, it looks like the pencil is curved. See how when I turn it, it looks like the pencil's moving, yeah. But if we were to go higher, if we were to come out of this water that we learned distorts the light, then we get a true perspective. Because literally, look, I'm touching the pencil. Literally, it's here. This is where it is. But once we get out of the water, we can see more clearly. And when the Bible talks about what happens when we get saved, it uses the phrase, come out from among them. When Abraham, who pastor's preaching about today, was around his family, he kept getting their perspectives. And we all know how our family gives us their perspectives, right? Like, well, mijo, you need to eat. You're getting so skinny. And you're like, I can't. Please, no, don't. I can't. And they just give you more and more and more. Or when you get to a certain age, like, what's wrong, mija? Why aren't you married already, mija? Right? It's just like, oh, no. Because the family will give you their perspective. And it's fine. They're usually well-meaning. You know what I'm saying? And they say, well, how come you don't come out with us and get crazy? You know, it's Friday. It's been a long week. And Rebecca Black said it's Friday, Friday. So we get perspectives from all kinds of people. But if we don't get the right perspective, if we don't get God's perspective, then we're going to be a little off, right? We can still see the pencil. We can still get close to the pencil, but we don't know exactly where it is until we come out from this water, until we get out of this refraction, or, as I like to say, our distractions. Like we were talking about social media earlier. Have any of you guys ever picked up your phone and you just think like, oh, I'm just going to check the time, and then a half an hour later you're like... What was I doing again? Yeah, yeah right? Like, I, there's been many times where I have gone to check an email, and the next thing you know, I'm like, well, let me close all apps. Banking apps, social media apps, an article about something going on, my fantasy football team, because we're undefeated. Hey. So we get distracted very easily. See, we're spiritual beings, but we live in a physical world. We are spiritual beings but we live in a physical world. You guys remember the illustration I gave you when we talked about death? When people die, their body runs out of gas, so their spirit hops out of that vehicle and goes somewhere else, right? Like if you have ever been in a vehicle that's broken down, you leave your vehicle. Well, you're not dead just because you're not in your vehicle anymore. You just move locations, and that's how the spirit works. This body is our vehicle, so you gotta put the right fuel in there, you gotta give it rest, you gotta give it maintenance, you gotta go to the doctor for an oil change. And then when our body runs out of gas, it breaks down, well then our spirit just hops out and goes somewhere else. Now there's only two places it can go, either heaven or hell, but we understand the concept because even though we can't see it with our physical eyes, we understand that perspective from the Bible. We are physical beings living in a we're spiritual beings living in a physical world. And this world around us that we see is real, but it's not complete. You guys remember how we did the little thumb thing, the thumb picture? So when you see your thumb, you have a real picture, but not a complete picture. Like maybe if you're like me and your parents have asked you a question and you know that the whole truth will get you in trouble, you tell them some of the truth but not the whole truth. Anybody out there? Anybody ever been in? Just me? Okay, just, all right, just me and Rain. All right. And, okay, all right. So we give them something that's real, but not complete. 
So whenever we see something with our physical eyes, well, yeah, what we see is real, right? I'm not telling you that you're seeing things or like, no, there's not spiders on the wall right now. Like that's a totally different issue. What we see is real, but it's not complete. Like we were talking about playing sports with a lack or a misalignment or out of focus. It's possible, but it's more difficult. What we see is real, but not complete. Our circumstances are real but not complete. It's not the complete picture. Last week we talked about Jesus. He was sleeping in the middle of a storm. And so his disciples, they looked around and they said, Jesus, if you don't save us, we're going to perish. The storm that they were going through was real, but that wasn't the complete picture. They were caught up like this pencil right here. And what they saw was a little distorted, a little refracted. It wasn't accurate. And too many times we base our judgments on what we see. Maybe we see these pants don't fit. I'm fat. I'm ugly because that's what we see, right? But that's not the complete picture. Or, oh, my hair's just not cooperating. I look like a microphone because I'm just poofy hair all over my head. Or we start to see maybe our grades. Wow, I failed this test. I must not be smart. It's one test, guys. This school year is going to be a long year. Some of us, it might feel like the longest year of our lives. Shout out to all my teacher friends. But that's not the complete picture. Okay? Maybe you were in a relationship and it didn't last. And you're like, ugh, I'm going to carry this pain with me for the rest of my life. Well, what you feel, that, that pain, it's real. But that's not the complete picture. 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're gonna look back and you're like, wow, that was one half of 1% of my life. And then here I am with a new perspective. You know how they say hindsight is 2020? Well, why is that? Because when you're in the heat of the moment, you feel and it's real, but you don't have the complete picture. The complete picture requires a new perspective. Just like we did the thumb thing where it looks like your thumbs are moving. Just like we did, it's harder to catch a ball with one hand. Just like we see with this pencil right here. When we are surrounded by things that are not as clear, changes how we see things. So we must not allow the world around us to refract the Word of God. In fact, there's a reference to this in the Bible, okay? Because we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And we know that refraction is the bending of the light. It's almost like the bending of the truth, right? In reality, the truth is, the pencil's right here. But because of the refraction, it looks like the pencil's down here. It looks like the pencil has changed, but nothing has changed. And sometimes we think, because of what we see, well, you know, I believe that I was going to be healed, and that was yesterday, and now today I'm not healed, so God's Word must have changed. No, it hasn't changed. The way we see it may not be accurate. We think, well, God didn't heal so-and-so, so He can't heal. That's not the truth. The truth is that God is a healer. There's a lot of factors that go into how someone gets healed or how quickly they are healed. Because some people, they just have really bad immune systems. And so people are like, well, I got to work extra hard. You know, the way that my body is built, I got to eat more vegetables. I got to get more sleep. And some people are like, I can live off of coffee and donuts for days. And that's just how their body can handle things. 
In the same way, sometimes we think, well, that person's weird because they're always sad, or that person's weird because they're always like freaking out. Well, chemically, some of our brains have to worry a little bit more about anxiety, or we wrestle a little bit more with depressive thoughts. And that just plays into personality. Now that's not saying like, oh, I believe and I receive that I'm struggling with depression. Oh Lord, give it to me. No, we're not. That's not the perspective we need to have. We just need to realize, hey, I need to look out for this. I need to work on that. Just like a coach might tell you, hey, you're doing good here, but you need to work on this. Well, that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm horrible. I just need to quit. No, <laughs> we just need to work on that. But a lot of people think like, man, you know, I lied to my parents. I just, I need to stop going to church. Or, oh man, I did this or I did that. And they say, well, I went and got drunk this weekend and we're wild partying, so I better stay out of church. Or I don't want anybody to know that I'm sleeping around, so I better stay out of church. You go to church to hear the word of God, to fix these mistakes, right? But we have this perspective of, I'm only gonna look at it this way, that this thing right here is between me and God. But if you just open up your other eye, oh look, it's no longer between me and God. I see a path to redemption, right? Like look at your neighbor, cover up your neighbor with your thumb, with one eye, okay? Now open your other eye. Now you can see your neighbor, right? You see what I'm saying? So we think with our physical, our natural mind, this thing is between me and God. God can't get to me because of this. Whether it's fear, whether it's lust, whether it's anger, whether it's pride, just open up your spiritual eyes and you will see a clear path to the Father. Because that's how he sees it. He's like, child, ain't no thing. Jesus died on the cross. You good. Now, stop it, but you good. <laughs> right? That's the message version, I guess, of some scripture out there. But speaking of scriptures, I love this one. You guys have heard me do, well, most of you have already heard 1 Corinthians 13 because everyone calls that the what chapter? The love chapter, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. We love that one. Everybody loved the scripture on love. 1 Corinthians 11, I like it because it talks about becoming a man, right? Vincent, I like your goatee going on there. That's what I'm talking about. So after he does that scripture about when I became a man, I put away childish things, right? We've heard that scripture before. Well, he says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. He's talking about when Jesus comes and reveals things. Even as I have been fully known. You guys heard that song by Torrin Wells where he's like, fully known. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. And that's what he's talking about. He's like, man, you know, we know a little bit right now. We have our perspective right now. But when God opens up our spiritual eyes, we're going to be able to see much more clearly, which is the proper English way to say that. But it's not much more clearer. It's much more clearly. So we have to put our lives into perspective. A life that only focuses on the circumstances is a life filled with fear. Can I get an amen from anybody living through 2020? Oof. A life only focused on the physical is a life lived selfishly. A life that only focuses on the temporary things, the temporal, misses out on eternal significance. Everybody out there who's like, it's all about how many followers I can get, how many TikTok trends I can do, how many uh, Instagram likes I have, how many people want to be me or lust after me or want me. 
that's temporary because what happens when they get old and wrinkly and saggy they're not it anymore right sometimes I'll read a news article and you guys already know there's clickbait at the bottom right and it's like you won't believe what these actresses from 1962 look like now number five made our jaw drop like, okay I'm not gonna click on that and then they have like the fake pictures like the pictures they show you in the headline it's not even in the article right like Disney stars that took a turn for the worst where are they now and so they have a picture of whoever and then you click through like 50 slides and she's not even in there I'm like whatever happened to this but I want to know right where's Raven's friend <laughs> it's all just clickbait so we're talking about perspective today a life that only focuses focus right we're talking about perspectives and thumbs and light and refraction and depth perception and all this this is like a science lesson today guys I'm just nerding out today a life that focuses on the temporal misses out on the eternal we must not forsake the Great Commission for the great distraction Oof, that's good so I'm gonna say it twice we must not forget or forsake the Great Commission for the great distraction because a lot of things out in this world are saying look at me look at me look at me look at me focus on me and they will obscure our vision all right look at this look at that look like this or act like that where we need to have that perspective that God has his thoughts are higher than our thoughts his ways are higher than our ways so I'll kind of wrap up today's message with this something I've learned from riding motorcycles any of you guys ride motorcycles right so you have been on a motorcycle right were you scared whenever y'all turned yeah right because you're going forward and all of a sudden the road's going left and you're like we're going forward and the road's going left it looks like we're all gonna die but when you get your motorcycle license I'll teach you this technique in case any of you guys want to get yours in the future and there's a proper way to corner that's what it's called when you go around a curve it's called cornering right and the method that you use when you are cornering is this you look as far ahead as you can in the curve which it sounds counterintuitive right like well my wheels right here I should see where my wheel is going no you look ahead in the curve does anybody know why that is because when you're riding a motorcycle instinctively you will go where you are looking so if I look this way, even though my motorcycle is facing the curve and it looks like I'm just going to, my body will say, hey, I'm looking over there. That's where I need to go. And so once you master how to corner, because a lot of people will get scared and they'll look down. And when you look down, you're going down because you'll turn too much or you won't turn enough. And then you're like, ah, and you start wobbling and that's it's over at that point. I have fallen twice in my life and each time it was while I was turning now one time it wasn't my fault I had ridden for over an hour in freezing temperatures and I just couldn't feel my legs right so I came to a stop and I'm like I'm going down <laughs> and I did the other time I was turning and I was turning too slow I stopped moving and I just fell because <laughs> I was practicing it's like on my first bike and I didn't even know how to ride yet so I was turning and turning and turning and I got scared while turning and I stopped and I fell down so when you're cornering, you have to look ahead in the curve because the people riding motorcycles understand this spiritual significance. Where you keep your eyes fixed is where you're going to go. So we need to remember to keep our proper perspective. And what is the proper perspective? Well, Hebrews chapter 12 tells us we have to keep 
both of our eyes. Keep your eyes, not keep your eye, har, <laughs> like a pirate. We have to keep both of our eyes fixed on our problems, on our friends, on our social media. Where, where do we have to keep our eyes fixed? We have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because he is the author and the finisher. And I love the way that it says in the ESV, the founder and the perfecter. That's so good because it takes the, the burden off of us. I can't live out my faith perfectly. Well, that's fine because wherever we ride in, just keep your eyes fixed and Jesus is going to get you there. Whatever curveballs life throws your way, you say, oh my gosh, I did not expect you know, 2020 to happen. I did not expect this person to stab me in the back. I did not expect this teacher to lose my essay and give me a zero. I did not expect, you know, my parents to end up doing this. Well, guess what? Whatever curve life throws at you, you keep your eyes fixed on your goal, on your destination. And whatever is in the way that we think, oh, I can never get to God because look what's between us. Just open your spiritual eyes and you will see a clear path to the Father. That's why I wanted to talk to you guys today about perception. So I want to give you a little bit of time. I always like to have this little reflection after we've kind of chewed on the word. Any of you guys ever eat a heavy meal and you just don't do anything for a while and just kind of let it digest? Yeah, right. So we've had a pretty good word today about perspective and what we need to keep our eyes focused on, not just our physical eyes, but our spiritual eyes. And I want you to think about, just kind of explore your own mind, your own heart, your own life. What are some things trying to distract you? What are some things maybe you need to keep an eye out for to make sure that they don't ruin your perspective? What are some things when you look back on them, you're like, no, not proud of that one. I want you to consider that. And we're going to pray a prayer. And today I'm going to ask for a little participation. We'll do a little repeat after me. But we're going to pray a prayer to readjust our focus get back in alignment, get our perspective in order so that we can see properly. So if you would, would you pray with me and just repeat after me. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to proclaim this together and we'll start off. Father God, thank you for giving me Jesus. Thank you for giving me the word. Today, we learned we need to keep our eyes on you. God, you know what I'm going through. You've seen my obstacles. You've seen my failures. You see my fears. You see my regrets. But I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. The founder of and perfecter of my faith. Lord, give me strength when it looks like I can't handle it. When it looks like something is between me and you. Open my spiritual eyes and give me a new perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Good work was done here today, kiddos. And thank you guys listening. If you want to catch up on any of our audio messages, you can always go back to our audio archives, anchor.fm slash GNC Victoria. And if you want to catch any of our video archives, you can go to youtube.com slash GNC Victoria. 
And if you ever want to catch up on Big Church with the big kids, then you can go to facebook.com slash, you guessed it, GNC Victoria. God bless you guys. I love you, and we'll see you next time.